Hello, and thank you for listening to Roadshow, a transport topics podcast that brings you insights from the major industry events that are helping to shape the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take you to Orlando for Trimble Transportation's 2022 Insight Tech Conference and Expo. Before we start the conversation, I want to mention that you can also check my coverage of the event at ttnews.com and in the pages of Transport Topics. If you're not already receiving TT each week, you can subscribe by visiting ttn.ws forward slash TT subscribe. One of the major themes at Insight was the migration to cloud-based technology in the transportation industry. I sat down with Trimble executives to discuss not only that topic, but also the broader push to reduce waste in the freight transportation industry, and also the development of driver assist and autonomous driving technologies. We'll get into all of that during this podcast, but let's start with my conversation with Dan Popkin about data, collaboration, and the push to improve supply chain efficiency. Let's play that interview now. I'm here in Orlando at Trimble Transportation's 2022 Insight Tech Conference and Expo, and I'm very excited to speak with Dan Popkin, Sector Vice President for Global Connected Supply Chain at Trimble Transportation. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Seth, thanks so much for having me. So since the coronavirus pandemic hit back in 2020, supply chain disruptions have just been a, a constant concern, not just within the transportation industry, but really for the public at large. It's really risen to the top of public consciousness. And I think this has added even more urgency for shippers, carriers, and 3PLs to improve supply chain efficiency and respond better when these disruptions happen. And part of that conversation is focused on more collaborative supply chains with more data sharing among business partners. And Dan, you oversee Trimble's TMS and uh, visibility businesses. So I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. Are you seeing a greater willingness on the part of all these supply chain stakeholders to collaborate more closely and share more data, and are some of those walls starting to come down? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I was having this very conversation with my team last week, um, talking about the extent to which some of these supply chain disruptions have exposed inefficiencies and weak points in the supply chain in very surprising ways. And so, uh, an example somebody from my team had used was, you know, the fact that we had a single source. Uh, of dry ice to fill Pfizer's vaccine containers, which nobody really knew about. And of course, that caused all sorts of issues that could have been predicted and resolved um, had there been more information share and collaboration across stakeholders in the supply chain. And so, yeah, I think it's fair to say that shippers and carriers are learning that they certainly can work together to solve challenges around time of delivery, driver satisfaction, utilization. Um, and so just a, a couple examples, like if you, you, this is the exact intent of our industry cloud in Triple Transportation Cloud, right? Integrate data, stakeholders, customers, vendors, capabilities, um, you know, in order to facilitate that collaboration. So if you look at our Engage Lane procurement solution within TTC, great example of the connected supply chain in action, allowing shippers, carriers to interact in a free and fair marketplace with the objective of enabling each side to make more optimal decisions in light of some of these supply chain disruptions, right? You know, I, I think that the stakeholders are willing to share data if they're getting good ROI mm -hmm. um, in return. And so shippers to carriers, certainly, if they're gonna get more reliable capacity, gonna share some more information and data, and, and in return, carriers to shippers, if we're getting more than just incremental freight to fit the network, but if the freight is helping me become more profitable, if it's truly virtuous freight that helps me kind of grow the business. Um, 
you know, another example of this, if, if you've kind of spent some time in the conference, within TTC, we're working on our connected locations, right, with our maps groups, and then that interfaces with mobility and, and enterprise. But we're hearing from our carriers, look, we're willing to share information on transportation facilities and, more importantly, dwell time right, in order to improve the efficiency of the overall supply chain. So perhaps a verbose answer to a simple question, but I would say that there's no question that the pandemic played kind of a fomenting yeah. role here, right, um, and that the, 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 the stakeholders in the supply chain are increasingly willing to collaborate. Yeah, um, I'm glad to hear that, and, and that's what I'm hearing as well. And uh, you, know, you gave, just gave some good examples of how Trimble's been supporting your carrier and shipper customers as they you know, work through all these disruptions and, and some of the uh, market uncertainty more recently. Uh, if there's any other examples of how you're using you know, software and data to ease some of these challenges, uh, go right ahead. But uh, you know, those are already some pretty good examples. Well, you know, what I, I would say is just from a positioning perspective, when you think about Trimble, we're, we're somewhat unique in that, at least in my perspective, that, that we're a truly neutral tech stack provider into transportation. So we're, we're not a brokerage, we're not a, a freight matching provider. And so that neutral positioning, in my opinion, create, creates pretty exciting opportunities for shippers and carriers to connect um, on our platform with the key differentiating differentiator being that, that we want both parties to win, as well as the intermediaries, right? And so just a couple ex additional examples, like our supply chain insights, if you've spent any time looking at really our cloud optimization portfolio of solutions, um, you know, provide a broader market perspective, narrowing down what impacts our shippers and carriers, so it eliminates some of the noise, provides a way to take action. So uh, again, that agile engaged lane procurement platform, shippers find new capacity options to get products to the marketplace, carriers can confidently find new contracted freight business to support their networks. But if you look at another service that we have running in TTC, our, our Trimble Dispatch Advisor solution, like our power to load optimization, that is automating the planning purpose, which helps during supply chain disruptions when labor capacity is few and far between. Uh, if you look at our network insights, one of our supply chain insight solutions, again, kind of like a uh, Google Analytics for transportation, right. provides intelligence on every aspect of my business and, and the lanes that I'm running and where I could be more profitable, right? Um, market insights, you know, similar, helping carriers kind of identify the best rates. So I think that there's a, a kind of cornucopia of different examples of what we're doing to, to kind of support and provide better data to ease the, the challenges. And you know, as part of the conversation, some shippers have been reevaluating their supply chains. You know, given their experiences of the past few years, finding, you know, as you said, you know, some of the problems and weaknesses that were illuminated, you know, by the pandemic. Uh, there's been talk about you know nearshoring or reshoring, for example, and also you know a shift from, I think, from focusing predominantly on supply chain efficiency, and now a greater focus on supply chain resiliency. Uh, so what are you seeing and hearing about that from, from your customers? You know, we've definitely, you look at kind of supply chain resiliency, and we've certainly seen some of our customers shift from ports like uh, L.A. or Long Beach to Savannah, as an example. Um, and, and so that is certainly adding time to their transit, for example, from Asia, but it creates a more reliable port in certain instances to offload inbound containers, right? Um, in certain cases, the additional transit, transit ends up getting offset by the days an inbound ship to Long Beach is delayed out of port, 
waiting for a, a spot to unload. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realize that's probably a, a pretty opaque answer to your, your question. But um, yeah, we, we absolutely see customers that are reevaluating supply chains and, and being very, very dynamic. Yeah, certainly uh, the, the time is now to, to really take a look and see what you can do better. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, you know, this conference at Inside is always a, a big venue for Trimble and your integration partners to, you know, announce new products and services and kind of outline, you know, the, the future roadmap. Uh, so could you provide us a, a quick update on Trimble's TMS and visibility product lines? You know, what are some of the top product updates and development plans that you've been discussing with your customers, you know, here at Inside? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot going on and I'm sure I can't be fully comprehensive here. Um, but there's a lot to be excited about and, and, and really where it all starts. I mean, at the end of the day, this is about aggreg- aggregating the data so that customers can derive insightful information from the data in order to take action. And so really, it's about APIs for integration that enable workflows and connected workflows. So what we're most excited about are, are, are some of the connected workflows. And you know, I'll mention again TTC or Trimble Transportation Cloud. While that's not important in its own right as a branded entity, um, what it truly represents, and I think what our customers are seeing here today is the injection of that um, enterprise-grade security data schema and also the integration layer that enables us to integrate in ways that we've never been able to with our historic products in the marketplace, right? With these big monolithic products. Um, And so really what TTC is doing with that foundation in place built on top of the Trimble cloud, the the ultimate cloud platform, is to spin up exciting new workflows, new experiences, new services in the cloud that can be consumed entirely, you know, in the cloud multi-tenant or that can interface with our existing systems of records and TMS applications so that customers don't have to kind of rip and replace and move to an entirely brand new system overnight. Um, And so we're very excited about that. We have a a lot of very tangible value now being delivered through TTC. So we talked a little bit about, you know, when I think about that, enabling connections between stakeholders, shippers, carriers, intermediaries, enabling connectivity between our customers and our partner ecosystem. It's extremely important to accelerate time to value. Um, And then enabling connectivity or integration of our internal Trimble portfolio of solutions, tech stacks, and capabilities, right? So that's what we're really doing. And so, you know, we'll give you, again, using EngageLane as an example, you know, what that's really doing is solving a dynamic contract procurement problem between shippers and carriers. Intermediaries can also get involved, but they're able, able to interact directly through that platform, right? So it's a good example of TTC truly facilitating those persona connections in a seamless and scalable way. You know, another good example, if we were to look at, you know, both the, the connectivity of our portfolio solutions that TTC enables, um, but also of our partners in our ecosystem, we can talk about connected maintenance, which is very exciting um, work that we're doing in our TMT asset maintenance business, which you know truly is about enabling the end-to-end management of outsourced um, vendor repair orders, right? And, and facilitating, and, and fleets are spending a lot of money on external third-party repairs, right? Maintenance and repair. And so what we're starting to do is you're starting to see um, APIs that exist in TTC, 
you know, connecting not only our internal portfolio of solutions, so our mobility to our TTC, to our driver vehicle inspection reports, but we also have the OEMs coming in, like Navistar i360 that gets integrated. You start to have the third-party service centers, such as Travel Centers of America, that truly start to enable those connected workflows. And so you start to see then through TTC how we're enabling those different types of connectivity between our capabilities our partner ecosystem, our customers, and, and stakeholders. Um, so that is something we're very excited about. Um, with respect to the TMSs, a, a big push are our cloud conversions right now. Right. Um, that is extremely important because there's arguably no faster way for us to accelerate the delivery of value to our customers than by getting them into a cloud environment, by getting them access to everything that comes, not just you know the, the world-class security, um, not just the assuredness, the access from everywhere, the reliability, um, not just kind of the total cost of ownership advantages, but you look at some of the incremental value in services that we bundle in with these conversions, additional modules, access to some of our next-gen TTC services, our, our market insights, um, our network insights, our expert fuel solutions. So these conversions bundles are very compelling for customers and so that's another area of, of critical focus. Um, I mentioned supply chain insights um, that really being our next generation of cloud enabled optimization solutions and so we've announced here we're demonstrating engage lane network insights um, we've launched here which is very very exciting and you'll start to see how those capabilities come together where we look at procurement uh, we look at freight opportunity relative to a, a carrier's network, the profitability of that network, and that starts to enable all sorts of additional workflows and actions to be taken to, to help optimize utilization for our, our carriers. Um, yeah, so those are a couple of the highlights. I do want to mention, um, with respect to mobility, Instinct obviously is extremely important here. So um, just launching our new driver experience and the underlying platform that opens up the extensibility um, of, of that kind of ELD and telematics experience. So that's extremely important as well. And then I had referenced it earlier, but really looking at how we're better together and you see the capabilities of you know, the, the various um, entities within transportation, enterprise maps mobility, you know, around a project like Connected Locations, which starts to get the maps, polygonal geofences with truck-specific ingress, egress, into the platform, into the TMS, into the telematics system, so you have all those associated workflows that, that are enabled for carriers moving away from the circular geofences, but it, it really gets into dwell time analysis, and that can also improve collaboration between shippers and carriers as well. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification.
I want to talk about another uh, important topic, you know, a topic that's become increasingly important for uh, the transportation industry, and, and that's cybersecurity. You know, this has been an area of uh, increasing focus given some of the high-profile ransomware attacks we've seen uh, in, in recent years. So at Trimble, how are you working to help your customers safeguard their businesses from cyber attacks and, and just put in plans, uh, you know, good place, you know, how, how they're going to respond in the event of a, of a breach? Yeah, well, the first comment is I would reference back to the cloud conversions because the faster that we can get our customers into our cloud environment, uh, benefiting from TTC, leveraging the billions and billions of dollars of security investment that Microsoft has, has put into Azure, um, the better. Um, having said that, Trimble has extensive security um, programs in place to help protect our customers. And so I'm just looking at like our Trimble incident management process uh, flow, which I, I know we can't, uh, we can't render as, as part of this, this podcast, um, but it, it certainly is, is extensive. And, and if I were just to look at our um, public facing um, security and privacy controls document, I mean, there is so much. So there's the infrastructural or public cloud benefits that we get, whether from AWS or from from Azure, and then you know specific to to Trimble, there's the the secure software development lifecycle. So the, all the work we're doing around vulnerability scanning, around third-party component analysis, around intrusion detection and prevention solutions, static source code analysis, dynamic application security analysis. Okay, so that's kind of just at the um, kind of high high kind of platform level and then if you come down the next level the application level security antivirus data encryption encryption in transit um, privacy right uh, so our established policies and procedures that meet our gdpr compliance obligations um, everything that trimble is doing as a data processor to support our customers and our partners meeting their compliance obligations um, and so our data protection security prog programs they're comprehensive they're based on globally accepted standards, and they are driven at a corporate level, right, so that all of our sectors and divisions are fully aligned and leveraging on that core investment that Trimble makes at, at really its corporate level. So it's extensive. I have members of my team that can walk circles around me explaining that, but uh, hopefully it gives you a pretty good feel for how serious we Clearly are in security. A top priority. And you know, next I'd like to maybe zoom out a little bit and, and talk uh, briefly about mergers and acquisitions in the transportation technology space. Of course, we've seen a lot of that over the last decade, and Trimble's a prime example. Um, you've seen a lot of it firsthand personally, you know, with uh, you know, Trimble's acquisition of ALK, now Trimble Maps, um, as well as several other uh, major transportation technology providers over the years. Um, and again, same thing at some of your competitors and integration partners as well. Uh, we've seen some consolidation. Uh, but just given your experiences at Trimble, could you speak to both the challenge and the opportunity of fitting these pieces together as you add businesses and capabilities through acquisition? Well, I mean, the, the opportunity, perhaps starting with the, the, the excitement, when I look at Trimble's portfolio, I really, certainly from a North American perspective, say to myself, boy, nobody has all the pieces that Trimble Transportation has. You know, really, when I look at all the, the kind of driver management, the ELD, the, the mobility capabilities, enterprise with, you know, TMS um, and our visibility capabilities, our uh, repair and maintenance capabilities, and then maps, everything they're doing, kind of tra transportation specific, commercial routing, mileage, vehicle routing, and scheduling, nobody has those pieces. And so 
um, that is the opportunity. We've got to harvest the data from all of these systems and pull that data together. That's what provides the actionable, actionable insights and what starts to enable, um, I would say, productization of business process optimization, right? Where we don't need to use teams of business analysts to go help customers optimize. I mean, these pieces are coming together and and, and, and it leads to, to much more automation. So I think that's the, the, the big idea and the excitement. Um, the challenge historically has been, and certainly I've been, been here since um, ALK was acquired in 2013, uh, the challenge has been largely the, the monolithic nature um, and construct of a lot of our legacy applications, right? And so these monoliths are difficult to integrate. And there are many different ways that we get them talking to each other. And, and so that's a lack of uniformity and standardization. And so that's why, again, I want to come back. I, I don't want to spend too much time on TTC, but that's why I'm so excited about it because, um, you know, certainly that's our platform in which we're building our, you know, our microservices and our next gen services, which then go back and support the legacy products. Um, but it also creates an opportunity for us for the first time to unify our different capabilities as part of a platform offering, right? And so we can connect these monolithic applications to the platform. It doesn't require seamless integration at the native code layer. And that's what's so exciting, which will enable us to, and is enabling us finally to accelerate with yeah. respect to pulling these pieces together. Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of plumbing work, but very, very important um, to support where we need to go. Yeah, building the foundation for, for the future. Correct. You know, to, and modernizing the, you know, the back end of the technology stack. Um, you know, before I let you go, you know, I'd, I always like to end on a, you know, for, you know definitely a forward-looking question uh, about, uh, you know, the future uh, so, you know, you're working in the TMS and visibility space. You know, how do you see, um, you know, those product lines advancing in the years ahead? Of course, we hear so much about, you know, further developments in data analytics, um, AI and machine learning, for example. But, you know, how do you see management software evolving in the next decade or so? So, you know, we certainly believe that that platform is critical to the future viability of TMS and visibility products, right? It's all about being able, as I've said several times, being able to harvest and act on the data, which empower then the connected workflows, ultimately improving utilization for our, our customers or freight coverage. And so we're, we're connecting the entities that drive efficiency and allow for seamless collaboration across the supply chain, right? And so the, the challenge, in my opinion, with the modern applications and technologies is that they're typically only allowing for optimization within a, a single company's entity, right? And optimization within the context of a single carrier's or shipper's siloed view of its supply chain ends up being inherently limiting, right? Um, otherwise, we wouldn't have these problems we have in the industry today. Operating ratios in excess of 90%, 15%, 7% respective, um, OTR, uh, out-of-route mileage, um, you know, I'm sorry, empty and out-of-route mileage. We wouldn't have, you know, underutilized trailers that sit at pools for days. Um, so, so we're limited currently. And so the, the network effect that's required to truly optimize at a many-to-many -many level, we think only comes through a centralized integration approach, through the connection of supply chain networks, fleet management, trailer tracking, fuel cards, visibility, all these uh, capabilities and stakeholders. That's what's required to be able to pull the pieces together to look 
at that many-to-many -many relationship. And so that's why I kind of come back to the criticality of, of platform um, to, to enable that. And so you need to have an open platform, you need to have greater democratized data availability, provided that it's controlled and only shared based on the preference of, of our customers, or orchestrated, um, unified, managed, um, and, and shared based on the control and preference of the participants in our community. But that's where we want to get to. I think that's the other big idea is going from one-to-one, -one, one to many and really helping to solve that many-to-many -many yeah. challenge. Well, you know, it's a you know, long road ahead, but it'll be fascinating to watch this. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, the opportunities are out there. Uh, it's just a, a matter of putting all the pieces together and, and using all this data that we're collecting in a better way, in a more collaborative way. Um, so really, this has been a great conversation. You know, I think we're at a good stopping point here, though. But... Uh, Thanks again, Dan, for joining the podcast and sharing your insights. Really enjoyed the conversation. Seth, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it as well. Transport topics in one word, authoritative. Knowledge. Outstanding. Reliable. We asked transport topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. During Insight, I also sat down with Trimble's experts on automated driving technology to discuss the latest trends in that arena. Here's my conversation with Trimble's Patty Booth and Louis Nastro. I'm here in Orlando at Trimble Transportation's 2022 Insight Tech Conference and Expo, and I'm very excited to speak with the company's leaders on autonomous vehicles. Patty Booth is Senior Vice President of Trimble's Autonomy Operating Sector, and Louis Nastro is Director of Strategy and Marketing for the On-Road Autonomy Division at Trimble. Thank you both for joining us. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks a bunch. So let's talk about driver assist technology and autonomous trucking. Of course, this has been a hot topic over the last uh, several years in our industry as we've seen this technology emerge. Uh, of course, we've seen further development of ADAS, advanced driver assistance systems, with early levels of steering automation now on the market today, and also examples of human-guided autonomy being developed. And of course, as you know, there are several well-funded technology developers that are actively testing and validating level four autonomous trucks today. Um, so really, uh, beyond that, truck manufacturers also are investing in it. Industry suppliers are playing a part as well. Uh, so that brings me to Trimble. You know, how do you see Trimble fitting into this emerging business? Uh, what are the types of products and services and support that you are developing to support this new technology that's entering the, the trucking industry? Okay, so uh, Seth, I think you're uh, very accurate. It's a very dynamic landscape in autonomy, and autonomy is touching many industries. Um, I always take the opportunity to correct a potential misperception that people have around Trimble, uh, about Trimble. Um, autonomy is not new for Trimble. We have been working in assisted driving and automation for a couple decades now. It may not be in the on-road trucking segment. It has not been. It's been in other industries like agriculture and construction. But we definitely consider ourselves a leader in the lower levels of autonomy, and we are continuing to push forward into that level four space, and we envision ourselves you know, continuing our leadership at, in, in that area. I would say that um, you asked where do we see ourselves playing? 
Um, when it comes to the on-road area, we really focus on Trimble's, what I would say, legacy core strength, which is positioning, and specifically absolute positioning. So um, we will work or uh, look to enable autonomy across industries, including trucking, by um, using our positioning engine and our positioning technology to advance um, or create customer value. Uh, Lewis, you want to add anything there? I think you summed it up really well. The only thing I would add is there are a number of tools and tool sets that we use both in on-road, off-road, et cetera, that are equally applicable across the spectrum. Um, that goes from high-end GPS inertial systems all the way down to the precise positioning engines that uh, Patty was referring to. So every implementation is different, but we have not only the support teams, but the developing t developer teams that can actually customize for every client. Sure. I think it's really um, fascinating to think about opportunities to you know, pull some of your work from other industries outside of transportation and bring it into this space. Uh, and, and of course, Trimble has made a big push into the transportation industry over the last decade through you know, a series of uh, major acquisitions. But uh, you know, it's important, I think, for our audience to understand the work that you're doing in construction and agriculture, for example. Uh, so another uh, topic, of course, I wanted to bring up is uh, you know, autonomous vehicles rely on a lot of different technologies. You know, this is a, you know, there's a range of different onboard sensors uh, that are needed to you know, perceive the environment. There's the core software that serves as the virtual driver. Uh, but again, tell us a little bit more about how navigation and location technology that's right in Trimble's wheelhouse, you know, how that fits into the development and eventual deployment of autonomy, you know, in, in an industry like transportation. So. Any deployment of an autonomous vehicle, it's a phased evolution. It's not, you know, a direct to, you know, put it on the road. So we have to have those tools and tool sets that I mentioned previously that actually go from the testing and validation phase all the way to the production phase. So for example, in any typical customer engagement, we would start off with our high-end GPS inertial systems for the validation phase go to our precise positioning engine and then introduce things like RTX, the real-time correction service, then to get it on there. Um, when it comes to the sensor fusion part, because Trimble's legacy in geospatial and the other areas that we've mentioned, we know how to make maps, we know how to use additional guidance, etc. So every single implementation we can customize for that client. Some of them wish to use their own systems and then we can incorporate those measurements. Other times they rely on us to do all of that implementation. So it really depends on the flexibility and the customer, what they want. Sure. And another you know, facet of um, eventual autonomous truck operation, when you envision this in the future, it's not just the vehicle itself, of course, is going to have to be managed very carefully uh, by the back office. So there's certainly a fleet management and dispatching and monitoring function uh, that's going to be really important, just like we have today for human-piloted trucks. Uh, so how do you see this fleet management technology taking shape as autonomous trucks move closer to commercialization in years ahead? So there is the onboard portion, which is the actual driving of the truck from point A to point B for it to complete its mission. The other is, as you mentioned, this data fusion or the sensor fusion approach. We have a number of sensors like cameras, radars, lidars, etc. What we're looking into right now is how can we leverage that data with the various platforms that Trimble has to incorporate better business intelligence, better driver in, or um, operator intelligence, 
So those are the off-board processes that we're going to be exploring more, but we have a number of the essential tool sets today. And there are, uh, of course, many applications uh, for autonomous vehicle technology that have been out in the field for years, even decades, uh, when you look at um, off-road applications. Uh, of course, once you take it onto the highway, it's a whole new world, there's a lot more complexity, and that's where we're seeing some early testing, uh, some uh, validation on highway, especially in the Southwest. Uh, but, you know, what are your thoughts, uh, I'd like to ask both of you, on the best opportunities for autonomy in the trucking industry, you know, whether it's off-road, on-road, you know, certain types of applications and freight lanes. Uh, what are the best opportunities you see in our industry, you know, in the near to medium term? So in the immediate term, um, we got our start. I mean, some of the first projects that I've ever worked on were on autonomous mining trucks. Mm -hmm. But those manufacturers, those OEMs, have on-road trucks as well. So there was a direct applicability to the on-road space. Wherever you can actually control the environment to actually do development testing, and the mining case was unique because they started actually making money from day one on, on, that, uh, on those trucks. So everything from reduced accidents, uh, better utilization, uptime, um, better predictive maintenance, etc. When everything was developed, let's say off-road, but then you're doing on-road, there is a marriage between those two. So for example, ports and harbors somebody will actually go pick up, that truck will pick up something from a freight yard, but then have to interact with other vehicles. So at the freight yard, it's interacting with forklifts and other machines. They need to interact, deconflict, et cetera, and then go on the road, and then go into, let's say, a port and harbor environment, mm -hmm. interacting with other machines. So on-road and off-road, there is going to be, there are going to be these hybrid applications that they're going to have to deal with both cases. Okay, no, that's helpful. And, you know, I think this goes, you know, without saying, but developing a level four autonomous truck for on-highway operations is a, just a massive technical challenge. I think that all the developers, you know, would, would agree with that. This is not such an easy thing to do, uh, you know, in, in part because they have to plan for all the rare and unexpected situations you can encounter out on the open highway. Uh, so really when you think about the development of autonomous trucks, what do you see as the biggest hurdles or challenges that developers are going to need to clear to actually bring this technology to market? It's more about getting the miles to discover those corner cases and do so in all weather conditions, in um, different lighting. Because every single vehicle, as you see right now with the ADAS systems that are on board, some use just cameras, some use LIDARs, radars, etc. some use all three. So it really depends on the client use case and running scenarios for millions of miles of testing with those various sensor sets. And you know, Patty, is there any uh, you know, examples of um, what Trimble's done in other applications and other industries that you think transfers well to uh, the trucking industry or has the potential to? Well, yeah, I mean, our uh, absolute positioning engine that is currently used by General Motors and their super cruise um, uh, assisted driving feature is directly applicable to anything we do in the trucking industry. Um, but Seth, I'd like to add on to what Lewis said because I think you asked specifically about um, developers and some of the challenges they're going to face. Right. But um, I would also say, you know, this landscape is changing so rapidly. It's extremely dynamic. And I think one of the things our developers are going to have to um, 
uh, address is, you know, we have to be very flexible, we have to be very adaptable. Uh, you've got a regulatory landscape, we've got safety considerations, and, and the industry is, the tech is advancing so rapidly that we're going to have to be poised to be quite dynamic so we can um, react to that changing landscape. So um, it's not just the technical aspects, but there's environmental, broad environmental aspects we have to take into consideration. Yeah, certainly a lot of moving pieces for emerging technology that is changing very quickly. And you know, I, I always want to bring this topic up uh, whenever we get into autonomous vehicles. Uh, you know, the topic being you know, what it means and, and doesn't mean for professional drivers. Uh, so. Again, the AV developers that I've spoken with view this technology as a complement to the industry's workforce. It's not something that's going to replace drivers you know, across the industry. Uh, you know, they see fully autonomous trucks as a good fit potentially for certain routes, certain types of freight, but not everything. You know, usually it's targeted toward you know, middle mile, uh, long stretches of open highway and dense freight lanes, uh, which could even create more demand for regional jobs that are easier to fill. Uh, so. Uh, I'd just like to ask uh, you how, how you envision you know, the trucking industry's workforce interacting with autonomous trucks at some point in the years ahead, uh, and how might that change the, the job of the driver in the future? So definitely a crystal ball kind of question, but I'm uh, curious to hear your thoughts on that one. Well, you um, use the word complementary. That's exactly how we would describe and define autonomy in the foreseeable future, autonomous tech and autonomous solutions. So um, there's no replacement of the driver happening today. It's all about driver assist and ADAS. And that can um, be anything. It, it, we're talking about anything from helping to manage your combat fatigue to um, you know, allowing uh, perhaps more, more, therefore allowing more, dri more miles to be driven. I mean, there's a number of things there. We don't see it as a replacement at all. And um, I would say, you know, Trimble's a uh, technology company. We consider ourselves, as I said earlier, leaders in innovation and technology. And um, we believe that advancements in technology create opportunity, right? It's not just um, a, a replacement cycle. So um, there will be more opportunity. There will be more, uh, maybe labor will be enhanced, less skilled labor will, will be needed. That will create opportunity, new opportunities for people, you know, if there's a, a labor shortage and that kind of thing. So um, definitely on the complementary track, not on the um, anything else. So. And I think that's you know, increasingly pretty well understood um, within our industry, but sometimes from the outside looking in, uh, observers I think get the wrong impression of what does autonomy mean for the future of trucking, and you know, sometimes we have to push back against that a little bit as, a, as an industry, I think. Yeah, I mean, I would say, look at, you know, um, how come I can't think of it? Cruise control, you know? Yes, I mean, that is a very basic example of driver assist, and we're still all driving our cars, right? Yeah, so, um, you know, it, what does it allow me to do, you know, as a, as a driving a passenger vehicle? I can go further. I can, you know, if I'm a little bit tired, I can, you know, continue. I can recharge a little bit. You know, I think this is how we need to look at it. The task is a little bit easier. The job, mm -hmm. for if you're a driver, the job is a little bit better. Uh, so before I wrap up, I'd like to ask both of you finally just to, to share your perspectives on the, the future of autonomous driving in the trucking industry. 
so just your, your best predictions for uh, what you imagine autonomous trucking might look like 10 years from now. Yeah, that's the real crystal ball question. <laughs> so it, it's definitely a marathon, not a sprint, and I can tell you that from experience. Uh, having done this for 18 years, um, the technology has advanced by leaps and bounds since you know all of this formed the formed in the uh, DARPA, after the DARPA Grand Challenges where all this started coming out. So what you will probably see, probably you know, past its prologue, I would say, um, look at how autonomous mining vehicles started. Uh, closed environments, very controlled spaces, and a gradual evolution of that technology. When you start actually bringing that out to the road, it's going to be, as you see today, a very phased implementation. So in a decade, uh, I'm sure it will be farther than um, where we are today. Um, but I would probably leave it there because then that's when the real crystal ball question starts. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would uh, second everything Lewis said here. I think that what we're looking at is progressive, a progressive path toward autonomy. And 10 years, if you think about it, is not a very long horizon. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I would say that full autonomy, whether you want to call it level four or level five, that's probably not in my lifetime, maybe. But <laughs> the audience has no idea how old I am. But um, I would say, uh, you know, what we're looking to do at Trimble is, is add progressive value, whether it's iterative or incremental. And that is all about the driver assist piece. So um, I, see, I think we'll see advancements, but we're a long way away from, you know, fully autonomous vehicles owning the roadways. No, hey, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I do think that's a good stopping point, so we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you both for joining the podcast and sharing your insights. I've, been, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. As you've heard during this podcast, the supply chain disruptions of the past few years have shined a spotlight on opportunities to improve the flow of goods in the United States and around the world. Trimble's 2022 Insight Conference in Orlando highlighted how data and technology advances can help reduce waste and improve efficiency in the freight transportation industry. In the years ahead, we can expect to see trucking and logistics companies working with their technology suppliers to modernize their IT infrastructures, make better use of their data, and consider how emerging technologies might enhance their operations. Roadshow will be back soon to share more insights from future industry trade shows. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.